It is your classic metal show right here on the classicmetalshow.com from the Vicious Circle release from 1994. That is nothing better to do featuring uh, Kelly Nichols on lead vocal and bass. And uh, after a long, long hiatus, we got the one and only Kelly Nichols right here on the Classic Metal Show. Welcome to the show there, uh, Kelly. Hey, Neely. Thanks for having me. Well, of course, you know, uh, I've been a fan of L.A. Guns for a lot of years. Uh, I consider uh, Steve uh, a, a very personal friend of mine. I've known Steve for about 22 years. And, oh, good. Uh, cool. you know, I, I had an opportunity to meet, meet up with you a couple of times during the uh, reunion time where the, uh, you know, the, uh, the original or the most popular lineup of L.A. Guns uh, sure. you know, toured around a little bit. And here you are. Uh, 20 years later. 25. Well, yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, well, Kelly, I got to ask you, you know, uh, you guys reunited, what, in like 98, I think it was. And uh, you did some shows. You did some live shows. And, you know, you toured around. I think around. it was 95. Well, I thought, it, I thought you kind of did a reunion in 98. I think in 95, uh, Tracy and Steve were uh, doing... Um, doing some shows okay, with, with Ralph Sains and, you know. Okay, we'll take your word for it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the original lineup was uh, with Phil Lewis and yourself and, and, of course, Mick Cripps and Tracy Guns and, of course, Steve Riley. You guys were doing some shows in the late 90s into early 2000. Uh, you, you were a part of these shows, and then uh, – Prior to the release of uh, Man in the Moon, you disappeared again. Where did you go? Oh, man, I always go to uh, my, I have a cave in the Himalayas where I paint myself blue with orange and white polka dots and study Eastern philosophy. So that's where I go. <laughs> um, oh, man, I went, I had a family coming and I started to, uh, you know, went down a different path and, um, just wasn't really kind of digging where the band was going, uh, and uh, I felt like it was time to do something else. I got into computer graphics and stuff, and then I, uh, I had a stepdaughter, and then I had a daughter, and so uh, kind of changed everything and went back into regular life, I guess. Yeah, so basically you had a real job. I had a few real jobs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, not too real, but a few real jobs. Yeah, I've been working on a shark diving boat off of Montauk for the last two years. So I've done all kinds of uh, weird things since then. I've uh, bagged nails, you know, I've done construction and stuff. So I do, I have a lot of my own design company as well. So, um, you know, I stay busy and, and stuff. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, you, you uh, have come this far in life and you've survived since the heyday of the, uh, you know, the Hollywood right. strip scene. So, you know, you're, you're a successful guy on your own, regardless of your music affiliations. Well, I'm a happy guy. I got a, I got a lot going for me. I'm very lucky and happy, so uh, can't ask for too much more. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, Kelly, I got to ask you. You know, um, this whole L.A. Guns thing. I, I know you're well aware that it, it is a controversial thing. I mean, obviously, uh, your your bandmate, uh, longtime bandmate Steve Riley, has you know been a part of the L.A. Guns legacy you know, dating back to like 86, 87. And, uh, you know, here, yeah. we, here we are, you know, we're 33 years removed from that and he's still out there banging the skins and, and you, uh, 
you know, were a, an integral part of uh, the rhythm section of that band in their, you know, in the peak. Right. And, uh, you know, then you went away for a long time and now you've come back. So regardless of, you know, all past history, what uh, what made you decide to, uh, you know, pick up the bass and, and become part of Steve Riley's version of L.A. Guns? Well, the whole scenario was kind of just a perfect timing kind of thing. And um, I had a daughter, uh, my daughter was uh, getting ready to go off to college and I figured I'd have, you know, I had some time now and I was, I mean, I've always played uh, music around the house and I've taught students and stuff. So I, uh, you know, it's always in there and I always had such a great time back then and, you know, fond memories of it all. And it was a big part of my life. And so when Steve called me, with this, uh, you know, with with this scenario here, from uh, the guys from M3, wanted him to go and and uh, put a version of the band together to come play the M3 festival because it's all that genre of music, you know, it's all the guys from back then and stuff. So um, we we talked about it for a couple hours and you know thought about what to do and how to do it and uh, you know what what could come of it and. And who else would play uh, in the band with us? So you know, there was like not something I just jumped into. I you know, we try to think it through, and if we do it, you know, we, we want it's got to be good. So it's got to be uh, it's got to be done right. It's not just doing it. You know, it's the same thing with this record that we just did. You know, tried to make sure that we did it right. So um, we take our uh, we take our time and think it through, and the timing was good. Sure, absolutely. Well, are you on uh, are you on good terms with uh, Tracy Guns or Phil Lewis? Do you still have any contact with them at all? Or are you friendly with them, or have you lost contact with them, or what, what's your relationship there? Well, I wouldn't say that there's much of a relationship left. Really, I think um, you know they've said some pretty uh, not nice things about us, and uh, you know we're just kind of in this situation. But yeah, we don't. We don't talk anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, how long has it been? I mean, obviously, you you uh, you know left the uh, reunion of L.A. Guns and Muddy Stardust kind of stepped in and you know played bass uh, for that lineup at that time. And you know, obviously, you you mentioned earlier that you went off to do other things. Uh, did you leave on good terms at that point, or you know what what was your yeah. relationship at that point? But I would say we always had a great relationship, um, you know, until I joined uh, up with Steve. Um, we had a really good relationship, you know, the whole time during the, from the beginning to uh, the end that we were together. It was, it was, uh, it was always good. It was always, you know, fun, pleasant, cool, respectful. We dug it. We, uh, we all had the same idea and vision and stuff, and we kept it together um, for as long as we could, but uh, it really didn't turn till. That's why it was kind of shocking, you know, really, to hear what they were saying about us. And, you know, it's, it's it, you know, I I asked Phil if I, you know, if he would be interested in, when they had their reunion, if they would be interested in having me back and he and Mick. And he said, you know, he made it clear that that was not going to happen. So they kind of like, you know, and they didn't want to play M3, apparently. So that's how that all started. So it's just kind of like uh, they created it. Yeah, so so it kind of deteriorated from there, right? 
Well, yeah, it's deteriorated now. I mean, they you know they have a lawsuit against us, and um, you know we're not we're not talking, and it's uh, it's a shame. Yeah, boy, I agree. It is a shame because I I am a major L.A. Guns fan. I mean, I I've uh, I've um, you know when the lineup was back together, you know, minus you because you kind of like <laughs> left, but. I, I supported some, like, uh, in-store meet-and-greets and stuff. I paid for it out of my own pocket to uh, to, to support wow. L.A. Guns, and I featured them here on my radio show, you know, plenty. And here here's the thing, uh, Kelly, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about, and I know you know this is coming. How, how do you rectify having two versions of – uh, L.A. Guns under the same moniker, under the same, you know, uh, brand and going out as L.A. Guns because, you know, a lot of people relate most bands with the singer and the guitarist. And, you know, Steve, again, sweetest guy in the world. I love Steve to death. He's been always great to me. So just take this. I am not knocking on you guys. I just want to get your input. Um how do yeah. you how do you justify having a lineup of LA guns that you know is is uh you know the basically the the uh rhythm section well it's it's kind of like this you know this this is what it is because we put a lot of work into the band we had you know we split everything equally back then and we all contributed to the songwriting and to the playing and and the meet and greets and uh, the charity stuff and all the things we did everything together you know everybody always put 100 percent into everything back then and we feel like we have as much a right to play those songs that you know i should be able to play songs i wrote and so should steve and steve's played every show since the first album was released you know no one ever asked what happened to the old drummer and I know, but I won't say because I would let him tell that story. But I was there. And, you know, we were lucky to get Steve. He's taken care of all the business for the last 30 years. And he's the only guy who never quit. And that's a fact. And legally, we have he has a 50% right to use that name. Right. Trademarks, yeah. whatever. So, you know, he feels like he's earned it. And I'm not going to argue with him. You know? Sure. That's, if, you feel, if you feel like that, Steve, you've been there the whole time. Right. Nick quit, Phil quit, I quit, Tracy quit, everybody's quit. They've gone back to him, then they've quit again, but they always, you know, it's always Steve who's been back there, you know, like you said, keeping that groove for everybody for all that time. So we, you know, but at the same time, at the same time, token, whatever, I totally understand how, you know, people feel. Like, I get it. It's complicated, and it's a shame, but... We're just playing music, and, you know, you, you don't have to choose. You know, you don't have to feel bad about, like, one person or the other. As far as we're concerned, you know, we're just putting out some tunes. We're playing tunes that we rewrote and and played on, and, um, you know, I feel, uh, we just feel like it's, it is what it is, unfortunately, but at this age, too, you know, we're, like, in our mid-50s, and, and uh, you know, we're lucky to be alive, so it's like we have this chance to go out and play, and, you know, to start from scratch, though, would be totally impossible. Change the name, you know. Like, you build, you build your name is, your, is what you have. And you've, been, you've worked on that name a lot, you know. You put all this effort into that name. So, um, 
you can't just really change it. It's not that simple. It's like it's complicated. We don't have that press machine to get it out and change it and everything. It's just too, it's too much. Plus, so that's that's where that's at. <laughs> yeah, well I, well, I agree. And and I was very fortunate enough to be asked to participate in a documentary uh, that was released about a year ago called Band versus Brand. I don't know if you're familiar oh. with it. Nah. That, well, it was released on Cleopatra, the Cleopatra label, oh, and it's called Band yeah. versus Brand. And it talks about, you know, it, it gives a lot of insiders' uh, viewpoints on what makes a band as opposed to a brand. And really, what we're talking about here now is the LA Guns brand. Uh, you know, without the brand, there's no recognizable uh, signature for a lineup. And, you know, obviously if Steve decided to go out and call it uh, Steve Riley's L.A. Guns Experience or something like that, like Bobby Blotzer uh, from Rat attempted to do a few years back, it just doesn't draw the audience or doesn't get the recognition that uh, people hope to do. So, Bobby Blotzer formed Rat around himself with four other guys and called it Rat. But mm. but was that Rat? Well, see, I don't really know their scenario. Here's our deal. Like, when we signed the original contract, the last guy in the band has the name with him. The last guy out of us five who was still in the band playing gets the name. So we'll take it, you know, we'll leave it at that. But, you know... This is uh, this is a matter of dignity. This is a matter of pride. This sure, is, you know this is a guy who's done all the business, made all the phone calls, all the booking agents, all the promoters, all the you know everything, all the business, all the taxes. He's done it all for the last thirty something years, and I'm not going to argue with him, man. You know, I'm totally fine with it. I feel like we got it right, and uh, you know they. I feel they started it. They wouldn't have us in their reunion. And so, you know, am I supposed to sit home and rot? <laughs> you know? So, it's only rock and roll, man. We're not hurting anybody. We're just all putting out, you know, hopefully putting out cool music that people like. And so, you know, just, if you like it, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too, man. You know, just be happy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's only, just everybody relax. Sure. You know? Well, you know, again, I I understand all of that. And again, do, do, trust me when I tell you I am not criticizing or attacking you in any way, shape, or form. I'm just... It's totally fine, dude. It's I'm totally just, okay, dude. just trying to get your input and your thoughts and your viewpoint on that at all. Because I will be speaking with sure. Steve next week, as a matter of fact. So, Oh, cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, the, the thing is, is that, uh, you know from a monetary standpoint from being able to book the band and you know uh, raise that profile in in a very very small community because a lot of the bands that uh, came out of the LA scene be it you uh Dokken, Rat, Poison, you know any of those bands you know yeah. they they're they're the few survivors of a of an era that uh, passed us 30 years ago but yet you know, as you said just a few minutes ago, we're lucky to still be alive and out there playing. And uh, so from a from a Phil and a Tracy standpoint, it's just like, hey, wait a minute. We're L.A. Guns. We've we've recorded a couple of records together in the last 
five years since we rejoined. And now we got another competition out there calling themselves L.A. Guns, which obviously has two of the most popular lineup band members in it. Now what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to dilute the market? Oh, man, that's over my head, dude. I don't know. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) you just got to, like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I'm sorry to everybody that this is how it ended up, but, you know, it's not our doing. So there's nothing I can do about it, you know. Sure, absolutely. I can be alive, man. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Well, let me kind of key in a little bit on your personal uh, life there, Kelly. Uh, you know, dur- during your time away from the band and, and not playing music, were you doing any other projects, any kind of musical stuff? I know you mentioned you played around the house and things, but were you recording um, or playing with, like, say, some local gigs or doing anything music-related? I did jam uh, with a friend, uh, a few friends I have. We jam sometimes at... Um Got a little barn out in the backyard, and we go and have a couple beers and jam uh, for you know a couple hours. And then I did have some students. I was teaching uh, these kids, and then they ended up forming a band, and they won the battle of the bands. And um, before they went on stage, I told them, "I want you to be the loudest band here tonight," and they won. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, just always pl- uh, practiced and had a bass or guitar laying around the house. You know, so it's, I totally like didn't ignore the instrument. But uh, and I actually feel like I play better now than I did back then. So, <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, well, tell us a little bit about this forthcoming release, uh, Renegade. Uh, what What's the uh, story behind the band name or the album name, Renegade? Are you uh, Are you Is that an indicator that we're renegades and we don't care what uh, the other camp says, or where Where does the uh, name come from? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, it's called Renegade, and it's, uh, it comes from a box of Pop-Tarts. And it says on the box of Pop-Tarts, there's a word for people who eat Pop-Tarts untoasted or uncooked or whatever. And it's, the word is Renegade. And so uh, it stuck with me, and I uh, mentioned it to everybody else, and they liked it. And we have a song called Renegades on the record. Um, Ten songs on the record, two ballads, everything else is rocking, uh, eight rockers on there. So um, we're also thinking of releasing uh, another single before the album comes out. So we're kind of just talking about that right now and seeing uh, if we could do a video and um, the logistics of that because everybody lives in a different state. So we have to travel quite a bit and uh, figure out uh, some things. So that's where we're at, but... um, the record company's been great. Golden Robot Records, uh, super nice and super behind us and really pleased with the way things are going already. And um, so we're just, um, it's done. It's recorded. The artwork's done. It's just sitting there in the vault waiting to waiting for a sunny day to come out. Sure. Now, will you guys be using the uh, traditional L.A. Guns shield uh, as your logo? Well, I've reached out, uh, the first thing I did when I joined, when Steve and I decided to do this, was to redesign the logo, the Shield logo, for uh, to have our own version of it. And uh, everything that I advertise, or I, every time I mention the band, I try to put the name of the four guys in it, so everybody is as clear as possible as who's in this version. So, not trying to snake over anybody, and just want people to be clear and, you know, 
make sure they're where they want to be. So always, uh, yeah, try to give us our own identity and get our names out there so it's clear and, you know, people will get it. They're smart. Sure. Absolutely. Now, since, since uh, you know, you guys have recorded new music and have a new uh, CD coming out later this year, uh, has it been a while since you've actually wrote music or, or have you had ideas for years or how did this come about for you? All right, well, Crawl is the first song I've written in 25 years. <laughs> So uh, I wrote three new songs for this record, and everybody else wrote uh, two or three songs for the record as well. And we picked out the best uh, ten that we—that's uh, about the time we had to. We had a week to record it, so that was about all we could do in a week was ten songs with two days of pre-production. And again, everybody living in a different state makes it really difficult to, you know, get together and rehearse. So we all have to do our homework, and we. Uh, Swap the tapes uh, back and forth through the internet and uh, fine-tuned everything and learned it the best we could and got in there and, and cranked it out. Sure, absolutely. Now, when when you guys picked uh, Kurt Froelich for your lead vocalist, was it on the uh, merits that he had a very similar vocal style to uh, Phil Lewis? Um. We weren't really looking for that, so when we heard, he sent us a tape with a few of his songs, and we definitely thought he could sing, so we flew him out to L.A., and um, we got to meet him and hang out with him a little bit, and we went through the set for like a, a couple of days, and, you know, immediately felt right, you know, really nice guy, easy to work with, like super easy to work with, and Scott Griffin as well, really easy to work with, everybody was open to ideas, and and uh, new things, even on the spot, we were changing stuff on the spot in the studio, adding stuff and changing it like last minute. Just everybody tried their best. So it's uh, it's just a good energy and a good vibe that um, it was an easy choice, really. Sure, absolutely. Now, um, you know... Actually, we're very lucky to not have to go through, you know, a hundred singers. I mean, <laughs> really. <laughs> sure. Well, are you in a position now, should this coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, finally get by us to uh, go out on the road and, you know, tour this new record and, and you know, uh, you know, you know, relive the old days as it were, you know, obviously, you know, touring today <laughs> is a little bit, uh, you know, harder on an older guy. I mean, you and I are probably fairly the same age, but uh are are you in a position to uh, do that now after you know so many years away? Yeah, absolutely. We we have dates that have been rescheduled for uh, August now and uh, September and October as well. So you know, as long as it's safe and everybody's it's okay, then we'd love to do it. We are definitely ready to go out and play. And it, it wouldn't be like it was before, where it was you know every other day or every day, like four or five days in a row, take a day off another three days take a day off travel so it would be a lighter schedule you know it's just not that many uh shows that uh you know we have to do like that but um do you have like a, a dozen or so ready to go so if you know if it's safe and people can get out yeah we'd love to do it we're, we were really ready to go this summer sure absolutely now let me ask you something kelly and and uh, let me give you get me get your uh honest opinion if Jimmy Page and Robert Plant rejoined up together 
and called yeah. themselves Led Zeppelin, would you accept it as Led Zeppelin without uh, Bonzo and uh, John Paul Jones? Oh, the laugh. <laughs> um, you know, not knowing like the backstory about why they broke up or really, no, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know, but yeah, they, I mean, if there wasn't, anything else to do i mean they are they're for for they're forever they're forever led zeppelin you know yeah i mean if they offered the other you know if they offered the other guys an, an opportunity to join and they said no then that's a different story but if they offered them if they didn't offer them the opportunity then the other guys would have to go start their own version of led zeppelin sure and how do, how do you like that <laughs> All right, Kelly. That's well, you, what happened. Right. Well, you've been very forthcoming, and I appreciate your candid uh, honesty here and, uh, you know, talking to me oh, for, for the last 25 minutes or so and putting up with my nonsense. But, uh, appreciate it, man. No problem. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, you know, obviously this pandemic has really put a damper on live music, and God knows when, you know, we'll be able to do anything as far as attending yeah. concerts or performing concerts or, you know, whatever it is that you do. So what is it that you've got, uh, you know, in the fire for yourself for the next, let's just say till the end of the year, any, any thoughts or plans or idea, or are you just waiting to see what happens? Well, as far as live stuff, we're definitely waiting to see what happens, but I've been lucky to uh, stay busy, but I, I uh, run the internet. I've de uh, designed all the merchandise and everything, so I've had to. I've had plenty to do for uh, the last few months here, and every uh, anyway. So I'm I'm pretty good with it. But uh, I'll probably get back on the shark boat and uh, just keep going. <laughs> and, and what is it you do on the shark boat? We take people shark diving up the. Uh, up the uh, coast of uh, Long Island at the end of Montauk. We go about 25 miles out to sea, and we have a cage, and we put the cage in the water, and uh, the ca it's just the captain and I. The captain deals with getting the sharks, and I deal with uh, make sure the guests are safe and get in and out of the cage safely and uh, have a good time, and we, we just have a great day. All we do is talk about Jaws. And uh, we, we quote movie lines from Jaws all day, so <laughs> it's a, it's a blast. So so how does beautiful thing? So how does a bassist from an '80s band get into uh, you know shark uh, diving? I got it. My friends got the boat. <laughs> well, I guess that's simple enough. Simple enough. My friend had the boat and asked me if I wanted to come with him. I was like, "Yes, please." Oh, that was the best the best job ever perfect all right all kinds of things out there <laughs> <laughs> all right Mermaids, pirates sure <laughs> sure <laughs> all right nelly all right, Nelly. <laughs> all right Kel kelly i appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us here on the classic metal show welcome back to the uh you know live performance scene and you know, maybe I'll catch a show someday down the road if and when this pandemic uh, gets by us and you guys can perform live again. So uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. Uh, absolutely, man. Thank you so much. And I would just say uh, check out LAGuns.net. That's where I uh, post all the latest news. So everything that's happening goes up there first and then Facebook and whatever. But, uh, yeah, check us out up there and see what we got. And uh, thanks for having me, dude, and stay safe, man. Sure, absolutely. Well, Kelly, as a uh, tradition here, we always let the artists pick something from their catalogs. So uh, 
What would you like us to play to take us out of the interview? Uh, play uh, Magdalene. Okay, and what's the reason for that? That's my favorite plug. All right, perfect. All right, well, uh, go check out L.A. Guns over at laguns.net, and uh, they got a new uh, CD coming out here later this year on uh, Golden Robot Records. And, well, here it is. This is Magdalene exclusively here on your classic metal show.